It's time for Watch and Learn, the show where we discuss the life lessons we learn from the movies we watch. Today, Spaceballs. Hey, movie maniacs, my name is Sky, and I'm here with my brother, Dusty. And Dusty, how many times have you seen Spaceballs now? Oh, my goodness. Hey, buddy. Um, Let's see. Probably 20, maybe 30 times. I mean, I can't really count because, you know, it came out in 1987, and watching it over and over and over again as a kid, and then now just watching again a couple nights ago, um, I'd say 20 or 30 times. How about you? Yeah, I'm right there with you, no doubt. At a minimum, a 20. Maximum, maybe 150. So I was thinking that this is probably one of the best spoof movies I have ever seen. What do you think? Yeah, I would agree with you there. There's uh, just there's so much funny stuff in this one. There's so many so many cool references to, of course, it is kind of spoofing Star Wars. Not kind of, it's spoofing Star Wars, you know. And it just it nails it. It it, it nails the the nail. It, it hits the nail on the head perfectly <laughs> with all of the laugh out loud humor. I don't know if there's ever been a movie where, other than Deadpool, maybe where I laugh out loud this many times. I know. And you know what's what's uh it's fun because we get to talk about it again, but the listeners don't know this. I'm gonna bring it up. So I was in Flagstaff, Arizona. I live in Phoenix, Arizona, but I went to Flagstaff, Arizona to go skiing with my family, a three day skiing trip. And we were in a place in an Airbnb and my kids being loud as they are and it's during the middle of the day. Usually I do the podcast recording when the kids are at like PE or you know, something where they're out of the house. But anyways, I went out in the car and I had my laptop and we were recording. We got to the very end of recording this entire episode, which was great. We had so much fun. So hopefully we get a bunch, you know, a bunch of the good stuff that we already talked about. But then my computer died in the middle of it. So all the recording was gone. So this is take two and hopefully it's even better than the first one. Yeah, we'll see about that. I don't know if we learned our lessons from all the screw ups we did, all the ums and ahs and uhs that we did in the first <laughs> one. But So let me let me ask you something. I was thinking that getting back to the best spoof movie ever, getting back to that, I was thinking, okay, what other spoof movies were there? And I started thinking of them. And there are so many spoof movies that Spaceballs is almost like number one. But let me go through a list with you really quick. of, And these are just ones that I think are terrific. Okay, so this is not a list in any order. This is just a list. And I want you to pick out which one do you think is your favorite. Okay, Spaceballs. Robin Hood, Men in Tights, Hot Shots, Airplane, Naked Gun, Spinal Tap, and the list keeps going because there's so many, Kung Pao, Enter the Fist, Monty Python and the Holy Grail, Austin Powers and all the Austin Powers, Top Secret, Team America, Tropic Thunder, and Loaded Weapon. Um, Hot Shots. Uh, those two, especially if you if you if you combine those into a two pack, Hot Shots is better than all the rest. Naked Gun and Spaceballs, those might be like my top three. But there's one that you didn't mention that immediately came to mind: Scary Movie One and Two, not Three and Four and Five, but One and Two. You know, I don't know why I just didn't like that movie very much. I mean, it was funny, but anyways. Um, so on this list, there there are so many spoof movies that are terrific. It, well, on my list, is there any one that you would take out? Oh, no, nothing I would take out. Uh, Loaded Weapon I haven't seen in forever. I think that was, wasn't that like uh, Samuel L. Jackson and... Emilio Estevez. Emilio Estevez, that's right, yes. yeah. That was right after his brother did Hot Shots, or right around there, and so he did Loaded Weapon. 
Yeah, that was the only one I've probably only seen once. Other than that, all those other movies you listed, I've watched watched multiple times. And, you know, you just said uh, Robin Hood Men in Tights. That reminds me, I've been watching a ton of Dave Chappelle online, like YouTube clips and stuff. And and he's in that movie. So, um, you know, he's he's a favorite. He's one to watch out for, for sure, when it comes to comedy or little guest appearances. Oh, um, he was in Con Air as well. Was he? Yep. Yep. Oh my goodness. He was the guy who got caught in the landing gear when they were leaving one of the airports and uh, uh, and they and he's the he's the body that Nicolas Cage pushes out of the plane. In Fresno. Yeah, exactly. In Fre- awesome. over Fresno, yep. Over Fresno. That's mm. awesome. <laughs> um So Dave so, Chappelle has been here. All right. I dude, I absolutely love Dave Chappelle too. He is brilliantly funny like it, it just on a scale of comedians of like which one's the top one he ranks right up there he is just a, a genius when it comes to comedy so on my list hot um space balls is is like number one right up there hot shots but these are all really good i love top secret obviously i love val kilmer he's fantastic uh, but yeah man just so many great things and then we get to space balls being one of my you know, I think if it came out in 1987, we probably saw it right around then or maybe 1988 or something like that. Um, I can't remember exactly if we saw it in the theater or not. I don't remember. But um, I was like nine years old at the time and knowing that we saw it. Now, there were so many um, uh, adult humor in this movie that I never picked up as a kid. But now, obviously, as an adult and, you know, ever since I became an adult, watched this movie and over and over again, I'm like, oh, my goodness, there's so much adult humor here. It's so funny. There is, without a doubt. Like, uh, I bet she gives great helmet. You know <laughs> you know that's a funny line when you're a kid. You don't know exactly what's going on. But yeah, yes, as soon as you learn about that, it it, it gets a, a big guffaw when you hear it again. You and, know? and like, your helmet is so big. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. Oh, so that first opening scene, obviously it's a parody of Star Wars. That first opening scene, do you know how long that opening scene is with the ship that is, you know, um, uh, Spaceball One that's flying through space. How long it is from beginning once you first see the ship to the very end? Now, I, I realized it was a long time, but I didn't count those seconds, no. It's one minute and 30 seconds long. Can Holy you believe cow. that? From beginning to end, one minute and 30 seconds long. That's that's great, man. And that goes right in line. Last week, uh, in in the movie that we did last week, you talked about how one of the funniest things that you, you know, one of the things that you love about movies or comedies is when they take a joke too long, it, be, it begins to get boring, like they're beating a dead horse, but it just stretches on even longer and it becomes super funny again. And that's what this joke did. Absolutely. You're like, okay, it's been 45 seconds. You know, where's the end of the, okay, it's been a minute. Okay, it's been a minute. When are they going to stop? And it just keeps getting more funny because it just keeps going. Uh, without a doubt. And speaking of something else that just keeps going, they did, I counted, 15 different fourth wall breaks in this movie. So they they broke the fourth wall way before Deadpool did. Oh, my goodness. And I remember watching this movie, seeing that first fourth wall break, where the, the biggest one I absolutely love is, actually, I love Rick Moranis. He is the best in this movie he like draws me in like i love that character but he says well after um uh his i can't remember um colonel sanders you know lays out the whole plan and everything and then uh, rick moranis turns to the team or the camera and says everybody got that (laughs) (laughs) exactly (laughs) yep that was the first one that i counted and the other ones are just you know little uh, asides looking into the camera saying or or even um you know oh the whole video cassette of space balls the movie um 
uh, merchandising, merchandising, where the real money from the movie is made. All those kind of <laughs> references to the movie, to the actors. Um, you've captured their stunt doubles. I, I freaking love it. That is absolutely brilliant. Yeah, this movie, I never saw that. Or at least I don't recognize any other movie where I saw that being done, where you know it breaks a fourth wall. And you know what's really interesting? The merchandising, the, the whole bit about merchandising. So apparently Mel Brooks, what he did was he wanted to uh, spoof or parody Star Wars. So what he did, he went to George Lucas. And I don't think he really needed his permission because it's just a you know space movie. But he went and said, you know, this is my, my idea. This is what I'm going to do. So he actually pitched in the movie and even gave him the script and everything. And George Lucas completely signed off of it, loved everything about the movie. The one thing he said he could not do, or Mel Brooks could not do, or he would not give permission to do, is to create action figures and do any merchandising on any of the figures or anything in there because obviously they want to keep it for money for themselves and so that's why mel brooks put that bit inside there is is because it's all about merchandising and when you think about space balls 2 the search for more money i was like that's awesome mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah you you know that he came up with that just like you said that joke because of that but that blows my mind like i understand professional courtesy like weird al yankovic whenever he wants to spoof somebody's music he goes to them and says hey here's my idea most people are kind of honored by it. oh my god you're gonna spoof my song i love it go right ahead they're fine with it he doesn't have to because of creative licensing issues or, or whatever laws allow for parody but like he didn't have to do this with star wars and i can't believe that like if you think about it um um space balls the sheets space balls the placemat space balls the flamethrower all of those could be on sale and making um uh, mel brooks and his company and his family millions of dollars a year absolutely and i, I one of the funniest ones is, is face or space balls the toilet paper like yeah. wipe your butt <laughs> with their faces i was like that is so good <laughs> i love it absolutely love that now, stuff. um mel brooks yeah, Mel Brooks loved two. He said out of the whole movie, the two bits that he loved. One was the merchandising one, that whole bit. The other one was getting the DVD, or sorry, the, the DVD, the VHS of Spaceballs, the movie beforehand, so they can see where they are. He said that those two were his favorite parts of it. I thought that was brilliant too. That whole scene was incredible. But speaking of, you know, those were uh, Mel Brooks' two favorite scenes. My own personal favorite scene is the asshole scene when they're firing um, <laughs> across Princess Vespa's bow. What's your favorite scene? You, that that scene is brilliant. I love that. <laughs> um, it's like, I told you to fire across her nose, not up it. And so that whole scene, and I think the reason why it's so good, um, obviously with everybody says, you know, stand up and say, yo, that's great, but... My favorite scene is literally every scene with Dark Helmet. Yes. I think Rick Moranis really makes the movie. In this entire movie, he makes everything so fantastic. When he says, what's the matter, Colonel Sanders? Chicken? (laughs) So good. Yeah, he's got a great delivery of all of his lines, kind of over the top. Some of them are are nice and low-key and just funny, but other ones like that, the way he puts that emphasis on Colonel Sanders' chicken, it's he's he's a great comedic actor. It's kind of a bummer he's not in more stuff, but my guess is he just wants to stay out of the limelight and just not do that, uh, not do a ton of movies, because if he put himself out there and told people he wanted to be in movies, I'm sure they would cast him. I, I would hope so. I don't know if uh, So I Married... No, not So I Married. That's... Uh, um, uh, Shoot, Michael Myers. Myers? Um, No, it's not. um, Shrunk the Kids. I think that one, you know, it it didn't really uh, premiere him. So it was just kind of him on the side. I did love um, uh, My Blue Heaven with he Uh and Martin Short. That was a great movie. Steve Martin. 
Oh, sorry, Steve Martin. Yes, yeah. Steve Martin and Rick Moranis. They're fantastic. And so, um, I was as I was watching this entire movie, I realized how many times I laugh and how many things of my joking and my how I normally joke with people, my my kids and everything. It just all of it. Not to say all of it, but a lot of it comes from this movie. Like one thing where Princess Vespa's flying away and she pulls off those headphones that look like Princess Leia, you know, headbuns or whatever, you know, the hair buns, mm-hmm. and um. She says, I'm glad, 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 glad. And then Dot looks at the camera and says, I wonder if she's glad. (laughs) That's something that I do all the time. Like if somebody's beating a dead horse, like, oh, yes, I absolutely, absolutely, absolutely have to do this. And I would say, I wonder if he has to do that. (laughs) I I just do that. Like it's, it's in my brain. I have to say things like that. I love it, man. That's a, that's a good way way to take something that you took from the from you know a funny scene from the movie and propel it into the future and to keep laughing about it. You know that's one of the reasons why I think Spaceballs has such a long for us at least long lasting power. It's that it uh, the jokes hit home so hard and it's such a quotable movie and a lot of that stuff can be applied, like you said, just to real life. You know, absolutely. Now um, I. I always, there was one thing that, well, being young, I didn't know. And also, being older, I, I watched it, is, um, I think it's, I can't remember what Dark Helmet, at which point he says it, but they're about ready to do something. And he says, ready, Kafka? Oh, no, that's what it was. It was the metamorphosis phase where he goes from Spaceball 1 to Mega Maid, going from mm-hmm. suck to blow. <laughs> it's like... So the metamorphosis, it's not really a metamorphosis, it's more of a transformation, but they use the word metamorphosis, and right as about to do the, they're about to do the uh, metamorphosis, uh, Rick Moranis, or Dark Helmet, says, ready, Kafka? And apparently, I was like, what, why? And I know Mel Brooks, everything in the movie has got a purpose, and everything is um, you know, written for a joke, or for a reason, and Kafka... Kafka or K-A-F-K-A, apparently he was the author of a book many, many years ago, I don't know, 100 so years ago, of a book called Metamorphosis. And I guess that's just like a little play on, you know, the name and the book and and Metamorphosis. So it's just really creative how Mel Brooks and the the other two two writers, I think there were, how they worked together just to plan everything, be very, very specific and uh, purposeful in everything that they did. It, that's that's great. You know, I wonder, I didn't do any research on the movie, really. Do you know if a lot of the stuff in this movie was ad-libbed, if it was improv, or is is what we hear actually written in the script? Do you know? That's that's a great question. So I saw a little bit. Um, so a lot of it was, or sorry, I, I read and I saw that there was a little bit that was improv that they kept in there. Majority of it was scripted. And um, what's interesting is, Rick Moranis actually suggested John Candy to play Barf. And it was a great role and a great, you know, casting for him. Um, But when Barf, there was one where it literally was an ad lib that just happened. So they were recording um, uh, Lone Star and Barf were in the the captain's chair and the side side chair. And they're going to go talk to um, Princess Vespa, you know, put her in her place. And they go to get up and John Candy didn't realize he had a seatbelt on. He gets up and jams right back down. He goes, oh, that's going to leave a mark and then takes it off. That was ad-libbed. And so that was the only one that I saw that they said this is ad-libbed or, you know, people were saying, you know, this was actually ad-libbed. Everything else wasn't. But, you know, what's really interesting also on top of that, what I love about John Candy's character is like you can really tell it's him. What was really interesting I read that Mel Brooks in casting John Candy, originally they were going to put John Candy or the, the person inside this huge dog suit. And Mel Brooks said, why would I do that? I can hire 
somebody else for half the price if I can't even see John Candy. What's the point of having John Candy? So that's how they, you know, they tapered it down to where now John Candy just has you know, the eye patch and the two ears that move and a tail. So yeah, it, all the ad-libbing and stuff, I didn't see much other than that, or at least I didn't read much. But um, yeah, I, I had to get in there that John Candy was in there. He's a fantastic actor, or was a fantastic actor. Yeah, without a doubt, he was. And um, it, it was a bummer. I can't remember. how is it 20 years ago that he passed away? I mean, quite a while ago, quite but a while, we lost yeah. a really good comedic actor when he uh, when he passed away. Yeah, absolutely. I also don't remember seeing uh, Bill Pullman before this movie. This is the first movie I've oh, seen. Oh, yeah, him. What yeah. Do you think? And he's he's great in every movie since then. I mean, he's a super recognizable actor, and um, I've always liked him in every movie since. Yep. Yeah, yeah, he's terrific. There was one scene. Now, imagine at the very, very end, you see the castle. Um, they, they, it's a really pulled away shot of the castle. It's you know the um, uh, the druids' castle. Um, that is a castle that I've actually been to. I literally went to, it's in Switzerland, or I think in Bavaria, uh, but like right around in uh, Switzerland, Germany, and France, it's in like that corner there, and um, it's called the New Schwanstein Castle, it's all one word, New Schwanstein Castle, and New is like the, N-E-U is like N-E-W, so New, and Swan, or Schwan, but Steen, I guess, you know, it's part of the word, but anyways, it's a New Swan Castle, and I've been there, I literally walked through the entire castle and everything, and what was really cool was they, they they took that shot from the from very very far away and you can they added some you know like uh, ramps and stuff but it was really cool and what was neat was I when I went to uh, Switzerland to see the castle I was like this is an awesome castle it looks like Disneyland castle because actually what I found out was Disney Walt Disney tailored the the um, you know Disney castle after this new Schwanstein castle oh. so I. I put the two together but then when i watched this movie all over again i was like hey that's new schwanstein castle i looked it up it actually was and so i was like space balls man this should have been like a, a dark helmet you know like statue there oh with that in front of the castle yes they should have that should have been their number one tourist attraction you know come here to see where uh the star wars i'm sorry where, where the space balls uh uh castle came from absolutely like that's the only thing you'd want to go see and you'd see that <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it was super cool to go through the castle and see. And um, it was so there was a separate castle that was maybe a good I don't know mile, two miles away. That was the older castle, and the prince had a um, like a spyglass. As he would watch from his older castle as they were building the new castle. They built the new castle bigger and better and just awesome and terrific. But anyways, yeah, really, really cool that I was like, hey, I, I, I've been there. That's cool. Nice, man. That's awesome. That it, It's too bad you didn't recognize it at the time. You know what I mean? I'd be like, man, I got to take a picture. This is where Space Walls was filmed. Yeah, totally, totally. I'm sure you took pictures <laughs> hey, though, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, good. Hey, maybe, maybe I'll give them to you so you can put them in the show notes. Sweet, sweet. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Send that to me. Okay, so... I got to ask you a question. Mm -hmm. Who is the better evil villain? Obviously in spoof movies, because there's plenty of other, we we talked about Die Hard and Hans Gruber was a fantastic, fantastic villain. But who is a better evil villain in a spoof movie? Dark Helmet or Dr. Evil? Which one's your favorite? Oh, Dark Helmet, without a doubt. Uh, Dr. Evil was great that very first time you see him. Actually, every movie he's great. But if I had to choose one or the other, um, it's Dark Helmet. Although... Dr. Evil's plans would probably have a better chance of working than Dark Helmet's, um, just for fun factor of watching the helmet. I, you know what, I want to say Dark Helmet, but because I have so much more content about Dr. Evil, 
and how much I just grew to love Dr. Evil. Just that character is so hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would lean towards Dr. Evil. If there was a couple more movies, or at least one more movie with Dr. Um, Dark Helmet, with the same, you know, everything about him, I probably would lean towards, because I love Dark Helmet. He's so, his insecurity is so hilarious. It, it is, 100%. And they've talked about a sequel, not talked, I mean, I guess rumors, and people talk about a sequel for Spaceballs for years. But, I mean, I don't know, Mel Brooks is getting pretty old. I don't know if one will ever be made. What they might do, you know how Hollywood is always big on, or currently they're really big on revamping and re-releasing stuff. Maybe a new Spaceballs will come out with new actors, and then we'll get sequels from that. But I don't think we'll ever see this cast. Oh, given that two of the main characters have passed away, you know, I don't think we'll ever see a sequel. Did you? Oh, yeah, I completely agree. Did you know how they came up with the, the name Spaceballs? No. So apparently... They were going to call it Planet Moron. Hmm. Planet Moron, obviously, because, you know, they're just dumb people. But they were going to call it Planet Moron. And apparently there was a movie that came out like a year before. So they were writing and all that sort of stuff. And a movie came out where I think it was literally called either Planet Moron or there was a part of the title or something. So they couldn't go with that. But they knew they wanted something with space. And so, okay, it's not going to be Planet Moron. Let's do something with space because, you know, Star Wars. Let's go off of that. And they literally went through the entire dictionary with every word that they can put with um space and none of them were working but then apparently mel brooks he spilled coffee on his lap or something like that he stands up says balls and everybody <laughs> said space balls that's what we're gonna do <laughs> oh that's perfect that's perfect you know they they, they might have also d- decided not to use that name uh planet moron because if they already chosen Moranis for the role, you kind of don't want his Moranis to be associated with moron just as a kind of a friendly thing. You know what no, I mean? Man, I didn't think about it. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Okay. What is your first lesson? Don't run from your problems. And Princess Vespa ran away instead of facing her problems and, uh, you know, saying no to her father and refusing to marry Prince Prince or Princess Valium, you know. Um, running away just doesn't solve anything. Your problems are still going to be there. So she should have faced up to those issues instead of running away, getting captured by space balls and then getting the father to release the code 12345 to them. So in thinking of, yeah, like, oh, we didn't talk about that code. That's good. Mm-hmm. I love that code. We'll get into that. Um, but with that thought, have you applied that to yourself in any way? Like, obviously, we, we're learning lessons now, and we probably maybe learned it in the past. But it, can you see, see yourself ever applying that to yourself now? Be, not because of this, but just in general, that lesson? Well, yeah, yeah. I've done it plenty of times. I mean, just just uh, something that comes to mind when I was a restaurant manager at a steakhouse, um, you know, you would see it's sometimes difficult to have those tough conversations with employees when they're doing something wrong or they could do something. But, you know, I mean, just sometimes you don't want to hurt their feelings and those hard conversations. But the sooner you have those hard conversations, uh, the sooner you get beyond it and they get back on the right path, whatever whatever their issue might be. So I've done it plenty of times, like seeing something that I could have ignored, could have pushed to the side, but as I decided to tackle it then and there because it could turn into a bigger problem or just continue on forever and just always irk at me, you know? That's a great point. Mm-hmm. Good, great lesson. Love that lesson. Okay, so my first lesson is... Don't miss the big problem and go after the smaller one. And the re- reason why I say this, it's basically, I, as a kid, was dumbfounded. Okay, they're all, uh, let's see, Princess Vespa, um, Dot, and Barf, and um, Lone Star, they're all leaving their Winnebago. I love the fact that they had a Winnebago fly. That's <laughs> just fantastic. Mm-hmm. But 
they're leaving the the Winnebago and they're carrying her luggage. Like, take only what you need to survive. And I've 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 done plenty of backpacking and go hunting and I do all you know sorts of stuff where I go where I only take what I need. And I see them carrying like six bags and a huge chest. I was like, what in the world are they doing with that? And smart enough, Lone Star pulls out the this stupid um, you know industrial strength hairdryer. And anyways, talks to her and says, I'm throwing it down. And he throws it down, which is rightly so. But what I always was like, why in the world did they pick up the chest and keep walking with it? <laughs> why didn't they leave that there? Number one, the reason why is because it's hilarious. I was like, what? That doesn't make any sense. That's why mm-hmm. it's funny. But uh, number two, I noticed that afterwards, that's what they were burning at night. And, you know, they were burning the, the the chest for firewood. But anyways, when you look at, like, the bigger problem was carrying this huge chest. Not just what's in it, but carrying this huge chest. And so it felt like they're stepping over a small problem and missing the bigger problem or the root problem. What do you think? Oh, uh, that makes total sense. I like that lesson. You're right about that. There's something that goes along with that that I've heard before is work big to small. So take care of the big things before the little things. Oftentimes, if you take care of that big thing, the little things resolve themselves, you know? Oh, that's a great point. Yeah. Absolutely. And then um, your lesson just reminds me of my Monday morning quarterback and that simply skip the luggage when you're going to be trekking through the desert and load up on water, oil, and room service instead. Room service. Absolutely. Um, When you talked about your Monday morning quarterback, your lesson number one got to my Monday morning quarterback. Oh. And basically it's Vespa needed to not run away from her problems. If she stayed you know, and literally didn't fly away because that was the problem. Once she got out of the airfield, that's when Spaceballs picked her up. So if she never would have, she never would have been threatened to get her old nose back and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> so nothing would have happened if she stayed there and took care of her problems. Totally. I love that. I love that lesson or that Monday morning quarterback. You're right about that. And uh, to go along with that, just speaking of Princess Vespa, my second lesson is invest in a virgin alarm. And Dusty, (laughs) you have two daughters, so I expect you to be picking one up from Amazon pretty soon. That's fantastic. Yes, I I need that as well as I need. Oh, thinking of other movies, Robin Hood Men in Tights reminded me of the chastity belt. Oh, yes. (laughs) That she had. And I can't remember um, what the, um, anyway, Anyways, the, the um, sheriff says, oh, that's going to chafe my willy. Yep. <laughs> like, that's good. Yeah. That guy's a, he's a funny actor and I don't know his name and I don't see him in many things nowadays or maybe not at all nowadays. Yeah. He was a really good actor or very, very funny mm-hmm. in that role at least. Yeah. So what was your uh, second lesson? So my second lesson is ch- I need to change the combination on my luggage. Oh, oh, yours is one, two, three, four, five, huh? <laughs> so I need to never set my luggage to one, two, three, four, five. And you know what's funny is um, I got a new car. It's newer. To, it's new to me. It's 2017. But anyways, it's 2019 when we're recording this. But I bought a, a newer car, and it had one of those keypads that are on the door as you open the door, and you know you push in the key keypad. I was actually programming it. I literally thought in my head. One, two, three, four, five. I li- <laughs> reminded me, and this was before we even talked about doing space balls. I literally was going to do one, two, three, four, five. I was like, nah, somebody could easily do that. <laughs> yep. So I put something a whole different that only my wife and I would know. And but uh, yeah, it's it, <laughs> never used one, two, three, four, five. Oh yeah, definitely a good idea. And speaking of passwords, you know what would be a good password if you're a fan of space balls like us? A password that you would never forget would be like barf one two three four five. You know, one of the main characters from the movie, and then that number you'll never forget. You can come back twenty years later to your and try to log into your Facebook page, and you'll remember that password. You absolutely will. That's a great, <laughs> great uh, password. 
<laughs> yep, yep. So let me give you my third lesson. Here it is. When the right thing comes around, grab onto it with both hands. And it was very obvious that Lone Star and Vespa started to fall in love with each other. And you've got to fight for that. In the end, he dropped her off. And, and in his mind, well, she can't marry anybody but a prince, so I just might as well leave. No, 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 buddy. If she's the right one for you, you stick around and fight for her. That's a good point. Especially if she wants you. I mean, if she doesn't want you, then pff, okay. Well, that's, that's a different story. That's a different yeah. story. But yeah, especially at that. And obviously, you have... Uh, I love the Prince Valium, like the sleepy sleepy guy. That was brilliant. Um, but yeah, that's a great point. Go ahead and fight for it. Yep, yep. Jim J. Bullock is great. I mean, he had a very small role in this one, but he's always fun to see in different movies and stuff. I haven't seen him around, too, in years. It's been a long time. Yep. All right, my third lesson is always check to see if you have your ring after you shake somebody's hand. Oh, there you go. Honestly, I've done that. And so give you, I'll give you an example. Not because I, you know, I wear my ring on my left hand and when I shake somebody's hand, um, it's on my, it's on the opposite hand. So there's no big deal. But where I, it's, it's happened before is like, say you get a massage and you go get a massage and they're, they're massaging your, like your arm and they get down your hand and they massage your hand a little bit, which that's one place that I've gone to. They do. After, after they're done with my hand, I literally check to make sure my ring's there. <laughs> I do that. Uh, yeah. It's because of Spaceballs. Yeah, totally. Good call. Good call. That reminds me of, remember that movie Opportunity Knocks with Dana Carvey? Oh, yeah. That woman that he befriended, she was also a grifter or a thief or whatever. When she was complimenting the one woman's hair and, you know, reached up and felt her hair and took off her earrings at the same time. That was awesome. Yep, yep. There's some tricky stuff those pickpockets do, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, they were great. So did you, I, I got to ask, at the very, very end where you have, and I think it's about aliens, the movie and alien and aliens, but I, th- I thought there may be a different tie in than just aliens, like the movie, but at the very end where that dude is eating this, um, you know, special. And then all of a sudden the alien pops out. Um, was that just aliens or is there, did I miss something else? Was it? Cause he says, Oh no, not again. Like, what are your thoughts? Yeah, he is the, at the time when we first watched it, had no idea. Later on when Aliens came out and then I watched Alien at a little bit older age, I finally realized that John Hurt is that actor. You know, famous actor now, everybody everybody knows him, been in a million movies. But he was the first one in Alien that, uh, well, that basically had the alien pop out of him in that first movie. Oh, that was actually, he was in the movie? Yep. I had no idea. Yep. Oh, awesome. John Hurt was. So that's why he said not again. Okay, now here's another thing. Why in the world did that alien start dancing and saying, <laughs> what was, like, that was like out of the blue. Like, what in the world is that? Yeah, well, that's just, I think that just harkens back to Mel Brooks's start. He got his start in in uh, vaudeville and stuff. And then so I, I think that's just basically a vaudeville kind of act. And he threw that in there. And and uh, it, it's so funny. I love that song. And I can sing it with it every time the alien is singing. I sing that song right along with him. <laughs> awesome. I agree. Yeah, so what is your grade? Or not grade. Oh, you something you wanted to bring up going from rating. So we wanted, we normally do, you know, zero to 100. But you want to change it up. What are you thinking? Uh, yeah, exactly. So all we're... We've been doing the zero to 100, and that kind of mimics Rotten Tomatoes, but Rotten Tomatoes, whatever percentage is there, that's the percentage of the critics or the audience that just recommend to go see it. So I'm not, I don't like the fact that we use a zero to 100 too, because our rating is how much we loved it. So what I want to do, because my boys, their quarter ended last week, and so we got their final grades, and it just it just struck me, I would rather do A's and B's and C's for the various grades. So as opposed to the zero to 100 scale, what do you feel about giving it grades instead? 
I think it's fantastic. I'll love it. Just as long as we can do like A plus, A minus, maybe even A plus plus. Totally. That's up to you. You give it the grade you want. Yes, I'm down with that. Awesome. So um, what grade would you give Spaceballs? Easily an A plus. Perfect movie. There's little flaws in it and stuff, you know, illogical stuff, but it's a spoof. It's really easy to look beyond those things and uh, and just sit down, enjoy the movie, laugh out loud the whole time. Yeah, I, I love um, Mel Brooks. Um, he was He's just fantastic. This is just the way the whole movie. And oh, I want to bring up something before I get to my grade. Um, I really like movies that have little plot points in the middle of it. No, I don't, let me explain it. I don't know if that like a B story. Like there's a full a, you know, plot going along, but then there's like a little B side story. Uh, yes. Well, let me explain a little better. Like, uh, I remember watch or just a, you know, a couple of weeks ago we did Aquaman. Well, they had different sections. Like first they had to find, um, you know, they had to connect second, they Aquaman had to go down and battle his brother. Third, he had to go find the trident. Fourth, he had to go, you know, get his mom. Fifth, he had to go. So it's like step after step after step. And I, maybe it's my personality. Like I'm a like a to do person. Like when I get a task done, I feel like a million bucks. And so I'm task oriented. Once I get that done, it's like on to the next one. And so I find that the movie feels longer and more well-rounded when there's a quick plot right in the middle like there's a you know the main everything like you know the ultimate everything that has to get done but in this movie like i was trying to remember there's there's so many different little ones like the first one is the marriage and then getting away and then getting away and then then uh oh sorry it was um uh, rick moranis or dark helmet telling the the plot getting her and get them get the air but then you know getting having um, Spaceball 1 going and getting her, and then having Lone Star saving her, and then going on the planet, you know, the the dune, uh, uh, the sand planet. Then going, it, it just step after step after step, it just made it feel like a more well-rounded movie, like I was adventuring with them, rather than a long movie that's just like all drama and nothing in the middle, like like a stop point. Well, yeah, I think what you're referring to is just great storytelling, right? Uh, storytelling, the best is just cause and effect. Like your characters are on a journey, something happens which causes them to do this that has this new effect to the story which makes the antagonist do this and now our protagonists have to respond this way so it's cause and effect and it's all the best movies follow a logical progression uh and so so people respond logically to the situations that's presented to them and and i think that's what you're getting at and that's just great storytelling I think, yeah, that makes a, a ton of sense. And so I just, I found that I gravitate or I, I enjoy movies more when there's like um, another one um, with Nicolas Cage, um, National Treasure and, you know, the subsequent ones. There's there's like little things that you have to get to and accomplish and then move on, get to and accomplish. It's it's that type of thinking. So, yeah, right on. I, I really, really appreciate this movie because that it makes me feel like I'm on an adventure with them. Uh, without a doubt, it does. Did we... Did we get to your third lesson? I don't remember. Yeah, yeah, I got my third lesson. Uh, you know, when nobody or make sure you got your ring when you shake your hand. Oh, um, that's right, that's right. Yes. So oh, my speaking of the ring, oh, uh-huh. maybe it's yours. I don't know. What is your uh, the movie prop that you would love to own from this? So before we get to that, I uh-huh. I need to get my rating. Oh, okay. So, oh, the, that's the right. Yeah, we totally yeah. skipped it. So the grade that I would give it is an A plus 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 plus. 
It well deserved. <laughs> well deserved. So I would absolutely recommend this movie, and I will absolutely watch it again. I'm so excited about just uh, I, I when I I haven't watched it for maybe 10, 15 years, and then sat down to watch it you know a couple nights ago and watched it again, and I laughed so much. It was fantastic. Loved it without a doubt. Are you going to watch it soon with your kids? Yes, I'm. I definitely need to. That's going to be something that they're really going to enjoy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What happens when you watch a movie and there's kind of an adult sexual uh, innuendo kind of a joke and your kids ask you, what does that mean? What do you say? We usually say, um, you'll find out when you're older. There you go. What about you? Um, oh, I'll, I'll often say, yeah, that's a sexual joke, but I won't explain it. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Because, I mean, they understand. They know what sex is. And, and yeah. from the movies and stuff we watch, they've seen plenty of or heard plenty of sexual jokes and innuendos watching Deadpool and stuff. So um, so what movie prop would you love to own? I have to go. I, I love that. Oh, uh, pausing that thought um, or along with that thought, I guess. So the movie props that initially kind of took my eye were the little... Um, figurines that dark helmet was playing with inside of his room i was like that's so funny and in fact oh talking about and this just came to mind that was also not really at well it was ad-libbed and it was added in after um not after like the whole movie but as a as a second thought you know mel brooks just thought hey you know what let's just do something funny where we have you uh, rick moranis playing in the room with these dolls and and so rick moranis literally just ad-libbed that entire thing and it was hilarious obviously they left it in there but i was originally thinking maybe using those dolls as or having those dolls and setting them up but i was thinking you know anybody can have those why not get dark helmets helmet that would be phenomenal i would love to have something that big just so i could say anybody walk in the room they'll know what that is but then i could also put it on no, that's a great one. That, that's that's a perfect one. that was my number two choice my own number one choice was space balls the flamethrower boom yep that's what i'm talking about that'd be awesome to have Totally. Hey, I'm looking it up right now, uh, just real quick. Um, the uh, Rick Moranis's dark helmet. Um, it's uh, to, to purchase it at auction. It was estimated. I think it went up for sale. Uh, I can't find a date on this article. Den of Geek article, but they had estimated at it at a twelve thousand dollar cap for his helmet. What? Why would they cap it? Well, no, I'm, I don't mean a cap, but I mean that's the high estimation. Oh, oh, oh! How much it would sell for? Yeah, exactly. I mean, if somebody's willing to come in there for 15 or 20 grand, great. Man, if I had just, I mean, I have a decent amount of money, but if I had money to blow, like I have a wife too. If I was single and, and everything and I didn't have to, you know, have anybody approve that I purchases, I would buy it and I would literally have it. But uh, with having a wife and she would say, you spent how much money on that? That's ridiculous. Yeah. Oh, she would. Yes. Anybody. Well, not anybody. Other lovers of space balls would be very jealous of you, even if you did spend 20 grand on it. Yes, absolutely. Totally, totally. Yep. So let's see here. Oh, one thing I wanted to tell you was um, uh, when Dark Helmet in the very beginning was squeezing that guy's balls with his shorts ring, um, my youngest son, Dalen, asked, what's happening to his balls again? And that was just (laughs) kind of a kind of a weird question you know i mean isn't it obvious they're getting squeezed i don't know <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. and, and uh, i just that whole everything with, with dark helmet is brilliant just so funny well written um was there anything else that because dalen usually says some really really funny things did he say anything else 
Uh, well, they both do quite often, and I can't recall any. Maybe in the first few instances, I've watched this with my boys at least seven times, probably closer to ten, you know. But, you know, over the times, I'm sure they've said st- stuff. That's the one that sticks out. Nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Anything else before we uh, close out this puppy? No, but it's my favorite. Love, love this movie. Uh, without a doubt. Me too. Me too. So this one was my choice. Well, uh, actually, it was your choice, right? Because no, it was my choice. Hold on a second. No, that's no, right. You my... gave me two options between yes. Spaceballs and another one last time. So yes. this one was your choice. Next week, this whole space thing and spoof comedy stuff, it reminded me of a movie I have not seen in a very long time. But I do want to check it out again. It's uh, uh, called Rocket Man, starring Harland Williams. Have you ever seen it? I have. And that is a hilarious hilarious movie and um uh, he is a fantastically funny actor i'm 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 so glad you picked that one it's a great movie nice good i'm looking forward to it. i've been uh he occasionally makes appearances on adam carolla's podcast and always love him and so every time i hear him on this podcast i think i gotta watch rocket man again you know like we all remember his scenes in dumb and dumber as the cop drinking the piss <laughs> out of the out of the <laughs> bottle and then going you know that whole stuff and <laughs> Super funny guy. I want to watch it again. So we're doing Rocket Man, baby. Rocket Man. I love it. Let's do it. Well, thank you so much for listening today. Uh, We really do appreciate your ears. And if you enjoyed the show, uh, we would appreciate it if you shared it with some of your friends. You know, just give them the website. Um, And, of course, now that you know how we feel about Spaceballs, we'd love to hear your thoughts. And not just your thoughts on the movie, but also any life lessons that you took away from it. So visit the show notes page at watchandlearnpodcast.com slash pod32 and please leave a comment. Well, my name was Sky, And this is Dusty. And we will return next week with... Rocket Man! Rocket Man!